Hello, I'm Joe Honeyhockey, and welcome to The Heavenly Social, where I introduce you to our heavenly brothers and sisters, those who have become living proof of God's love and mercy. Through the witness of their lives, we see that even amidst times of total darkness, times where we may curse God and turn our backs on Him, He never stops loving us. He may grow silent, though. A fascinating passage struck me in a book I'm currently reading called The Soul of the Apostolate. It refers to those souls that might grow tepid or lukewarm, so that they do not let Jesus in despite his appeals. It goes on to say that, quote, Perhaps Jesus, in his mercy, to avoid piling up a huge store of wrath, will even cease his appeals, end quote. This struck me as fascinating. Given those times in my life, I thought God was silent. It very well seems like he was. In light of this, I find it all the more wonderful that we have the communion of saints, and why we should strive to be saints ourselves. God in his mercy works through the saints, both in heaven and those still on the journey here, those saints in progress, to inspire us to open that door to Jesus. Of course, the greatest saint is the Blessed Virgin Mary, and with it being the month of the Rosary, I find it fitting this saint found his way to my attention, a man who, by the intercession of Mama Mary, found his way back home in the arms of Christ. So, I ask, have you ever struggled with the idea that your sins are unforgivable? Or have you ever wanted the inspiration to pray the rosary more? Well, then might I introduce you to Blessed Bartolo Longo. Intro. To start things off, Bartolo is a blessed. He was beatified on October 26, 1980, by Pope St. John Paul II, who even referred to him as the Apostle of the Rosary. Now, as a blessed, he doesn't really have a common patronage associated with him, and his feast day, October 5th, isn't part of the universal calendar. So to reiterate some concepts here, any soul in heaven is a saint. Simple enough. You obviously don't have to be canonized by the church to enter heaven and to be a saint. Hence our Feast of All Saints on November 1st. These people who do receive these titles from the church are simply those the church reassures us are indeed in heaven and can help us. That said, only those with the full title of saint are honored in the universal church, because uh, the, the title of saint comes with an infallible declaration. Now, those with the titles of blessed and venerable are okayed for local and regional veneration. So I guess what I'm saying is, regardless if someone is a servant of God, a venerable, a blessed, or a saint, don't ever hesitate to ask them for help 
or giving them patronage over something dear to you. Now, let's get to know Blessed Bartolo. He was born on February 10th, 1841, in the Italian town of Latiano, which is located in the heel of the Italian boot. If you're familiar at all with Italian cities, Bartolo's hometown was near the city of Brindisi. His father was a doctor, so the family was quite wealthy. Both of his parents were devout Catholics, and in addition to his normal education, which was quite good, he was instructed in the faith, learning particularly the rosary from his mother. Now around the year 1861, Bartolo went off to study law at the University of Naples. Now at this time in Italy, uh, spiritualism was hugely popular, and this led to a rise in the occult. Witches, mediums, and pagan things were commonly referred to by people, and consulted by people, and a hatred of the Catholic Church, and particularly the Pope, were the norm in places like Naples. Now, our Bartolo got swept up by this movement, and denounced the church, and he dove pretty far into those practices. He participated in seances and other spiritualistic rituals, and he followed this path uh, right up to uh, straight-up Satanism. He became so devoted to these Satanistic practices that he was ordained as a priest of Satan, and officiated blackened services. During this time, he became very outspoken against the church. Now, I take it he was probably a very good speaker because he was learning to be a lawyer and became a lawyer. So, there you go. But he ended up claiming that the church was actually the real evil and was filled with evil. You might be wondering about his family during this time. Well, they didn't abandon him, but despite their pleas to return to the church, he would not listen. And so they did all that they could do, which was to pray fervently for his conversion of heart. During these years, Bartolo found himself growing uneasy. In the years following him becoming a priest of Satan, he found himself plagued by depression, anxiety, and paranoia. Now, in his distress, he turned to a friend who was a professor there near Naples, and he happened to be a devout Catholic. This friend's name was Vincenzo Pepe, and upon seeing Bartolo, he gave him quite the challenging reflection. He said, do you want to die in an insane asylum and be damned forever? Bartolo wanted to change. So Vincenzo introduced him to a Dominican priest named Father Alberto Redente. Ironically, back when Bartolo was in the full midst of his satanic practices, he actually had a very special hatred for Dominicans, saying, quote, In particular, I detested the Dominicans the most formidable, furious opponents of those great modern professors, proclaimed by the university the sons of progress, the defenders of science, 
the champions of every sort of freedom. End quote. Well, Father Alberto, this supposed opponent of progress, tirelessly helped Bartolo progress out of his state of despair, and after three weeks of meeting and consultation and direction, he was able to receive absolution and was brought back into the church on the Feast of the Sacred Heart in 1865. So that means he, he would have been kind of wrapped up in these occultic satanic practices for about four years. So in reparation, he dedicated himself to helping the sick by working at the Neapolitan Hospital for Incurables. Now, he moved in with Vincenzo, who then kept him in the company of devout Catholics and really brought about that positive community. Now, Bartolo even considered becoming a priest, but was discouraged from doing so by his new friends and by uh, Father Alberto. So instead, he remained working as a lawyer. But on March 25th, 1871, on the Feast of the Annunciation, he became a Third Order Dominican, meaning that he was a layman who followed the rule of St. Dominic. Now, this wasn't an easy time for him by any means. He was racked with guilt for the life he had delved into, and thanks to his friends and Father Alberto, he rediscovered the rosary and committed himself to it which I think might be one reason perhaps he became so attached to the Dominicans. Now, in case you weren't aware, the rosary, as we know today, was given to St. Dominic by the Blessed Virgin. At one point, Bartolo returned to the location, or a location, of his former satanic practices, and while those members were holding a seance, he held up his rosary and cried out, I renounce spiritualism because it is nothing but a maze of error and falsehood. As I mentioned, he worked as a lawyer. His practice, in addition to his new social circles, saw him cross paths with a widow, the Countess Mariana de Fusco. She needed legal help regarding rent owed to her. Well, this took Bartolo to Pompeii. And while there, he saw poverty, corruption, and dependence on superstition and witchcraft. He writes of the despair he encountered, he personally encountered in Pompeii. Quote, One day, in the fields around Pompeii, called Arpeia, I recalled my former condition as a priest of Satan. Father Alberto had told me repeatedly never again to think of or reflect on, but I thought that perhaps as the priesthood of Christ is for eternity, so also the priesthood of Satan is for eternity. So, despite my repentance, I thought, I am still consecrated to Satan, and I am still his slave and property as he awaits me in hell. As I pondered over my condition, I experienced a deep sense of despair and almost committed suicide. Then I heard an echo in my ear of the voice of Friar Alberto repeating the words of the Blessed Virgin Mary, One who propagates my rosary shall be saved. 
These words certainly brought an illumination to my soul. Falling to my knees, I exclaimed, If your words are true, that he who propagates your rosary will be saved, I shall reach salvation because I shall not leave this earth without propagating your rosary. At that moment, the little bell of the parish church rang out, inviting the people to pray the Angelus. This incident was like a signature to my firm decision. End quote. He lived as he said he would. He began to teach those in Pompeii how to pray the rosary. In 1873, he kicked things into full gear. Along with Countess Mariana, he established the Confraternity of the Rosary. They also began the restoration of a church, thanks to, thanks to the Countess's funding, a church that would one day become the Basilica of Our Lady of the Most Holy Rosary of Pompeii, though it didn't receive that name until 1939, after some considerable construction projects. And they also sponsored an enormous festival dedicated to Our Lady of the Rosary. Like, there was feasting, music, dancing, fireworks. It was a tried-and-true celebration. In 1875, he received a painting of Our Lady of the Rosary, and it was a ratty old thing that he initially didn't like. But, out of respect, he accepted it, and raised the money to actually have it restored and placed in the church. The painting was of Our Lady handing the rosary to St. Dominic and to St. Catherine of Siena. After this restoration, miracles began to be reported at the shrine, and pilgrims started to come in droves. Well, naturally, Bartolo took this opportunity to teach and instruct and to introduce people to the beauty of the rosary. Well, after a few years of this and other charitable works, such as uh, working with orphans, well, rumors began to surface regarding the relationship between Bartolo and the Countess, who was very involved with all of these efforts as well. So at the behest of Pope Leo XIII, who had grown to personally know the two of them, thanks to their charitable works, he encouraged them to marry, and so they did. On April 7th of 1885, when Bartolo would have been around 44 years old, he and the Countess were married. However, he had taken a vow of chastity, so they lived a Josephite marriage, a spiritual marriage, still very much sacramental, but one where they abstained from sex. And I believe this was written before they were married, but at one point in Bartolo's passion for the rosary, he actually wrote, quote, What is my vocation? To write about Mary, to have Mary praised, to have Mary loved. End quote. In 1906, they turned all their property, including the shrine they had built up, over to the possession of the Holy See. I understand that, at some point, Bartolo was made a knight of the Order of the Holy Sepulchre. He was tireless in his promotion of the rosary, and of the care Our Lady brings to those devoted to it, 
He died on October 5th, 1926, at the age of 85. His remains are on display in the basilica he had built up and inspired, where he is found with a rosary in hand and cloaked in the mantle of the Order of the Holy Sepulchre. And now you know Blessed Bartolo Longo just a little bit better. Well, aside from his steadfast devotion to the rosary, the reason I feel he was able to sustain such a devotion was because of his willingness to be forgiven. I'm a thinking that would fall under the purview of the virtue of humility. But specifically, as I said, it's his willingness to let God forgive him. And perhaps in a more impressive feat, he allowed himself to forgive himself. I've certainly had those thoughts before where I think that I couldn't be forgiven, or that even though God forgives me, how could I possibly live with myself? And I was never a satanic priest. So why I find this so amazing is that Blessed Bartolo demonstrates for us that mercy is truly a divine gift, not only within the sacrament of reconciliation, but even to be able to forgive ourselves when we do fall into sin and to forgive others who have hurt us or others we may care for. Forgiveness in any form isn't something we can do on our own. Bartolo appealed to Mary, the greatest of the saints, for help. He knew full well how wretched he was, and, I mean, it drove him to near suicide. But by the tender love of our Mama Mary, he knew that if he surrendered himself to her care, she would, in fact, carry him to her son. When I encourage people to pray the rosary, I like pointing to the 15 promises associated with it. Now, these promises were given by the Blessed Virgin to St. Dominic. Now, I, I won't list them here, because of the time, but check them out. I mean, one of the promises was the inspiration for Bartolo, as quoted up earlier, that those who propagate the Holy Rosary will be saved, will have Mary's help in all of their necessities. I encourage checking them out because it adds a depth to the rosary beyond mere recitation of prayers. I find that remembering them and keeping them in mind helps me to take meditating on the mysteries more seriously, because Mary offered these promises, and so I want to honor that. I want to honor her promises with my devotion. Well, now speaking of the mysteries... I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that it is actually through Blessed Bartolo's writings and reflections that we have the luminous mysteries. The baptism in the Jordan, wedding feast at Cana, the proclamation of the kingdom, the transfiguration, and the institution of the Eucharist. We have those. Uh, yes, uh, Pope St. John Paul II was, is the one who instituted them and kind of made them official back in 2002. But in his documents on the rosary, he credits Blessed Bartolo with the insights and making it 
making those five mysteries abundantly clear for him to institute them. <laughs> so, I guess you could say that the life of Blessed Bartolo Longo is precisely one where the phrase, to Jesus through Mary, is fully on display. Nothing is unforgivable. To believe otherwise is to believe a lie of the enemy. It's okay to be scared, though. We are human after all. We can bring our fear to God as well. And I assure you that facing God is considerably less scary when you have Mom by your side. Mary is the mother of Jesus, and just like at the wedding feast at Cana, he'll listen to what she has to say. So to close things out, I would like to offer this prayer to help encourage a peaceful surrender to Mary's guidance through the rosary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O blessed rosary of Mary, sweet chain that unites us to God, bond of love that unites us to the angels, tower of salvation against the assaults of hell, safe port in our universal shipwreck, we will never abandon you. You will be our comfort in the hour of death, yours our final kiss as life ebbs away. And the last word from our lips will be your sweet name, O Queen of the Rosary of Pompeii, O dearest Mother, O Refuge of Sinners, O Sovereign Consoler of the Afflicted. May you be everywhere blessed, today and always, on earth and in heaven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So that does it for this episode. Find your surrender in the faith, and one day someone might just tell your story. See you next time. Outro! And he followed this path all the way to straight up. After talking about a lawyer, perhaps I should cover a doctor. But maybe not a doctor in a way that is quite so obvious. See ya!